Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. We have been talking about and teaching this particular year, 2013, a couple of things, for matter of fact. One is that we need to possess our possessions. And God wants us to possess our possessions. We found out during that message that all things are ours during that message. So God wants us to possess things. And since all things are ours, what are the things that he really wants us to zoom in on for 2013? One we talked about was Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 1 and 2, and really went through uh, to probably verse 14. And it basically said in 1, 2, Now shall be, if you diligently obey the Lord your God, being careful, careful to do all his commandments. It says in verse 2 that all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you if you obey the Lord. So obedience to this particular, uh, ver- these two verses, 1 and 2, will bring us 3 through 14 of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 28. We need, as we are reaching out to people, we need to be, they need to be able to see success. That's what they need to see. Success, I like to uh, define as achieving what God has us to achieve. I want to achieve what God has placed me on this earth to achieve. I want to be what he's called me to be. I want to be who I am. And I am who he said I am. So that's what I want to be. Also, let's look at... Um, the Gospel of John, chapter 15. Let's look at verse 7. We said the second thing we need to do is that we needed to obey John 15, 7 because it's very important that we abide in Jesus and his words abide in us. And it says that ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. And we know through the message that we've done, uh, particularly the second one, after possess our possessions, we know that we're going to have to be responsible enough to represent our Lord and Savior, represent the one who we are heirs, uh, we are heirs of God, joint heirs of Christ Jesus, so we need to represent him. And so we're not going to misrepresent him and just ask for all sorts of stuff that's not even his will, we're going to ask according to his will. That's in scripture also. I want to be able to go to God, ask things of God that I have need of for those who he placed in my life, and I want him to answer me. You're going to be going across people, say when Elder John takes people to the Carrington house or reaching out to the detention home, whatever we're doing, it could be a loved one. It could be a neighbor. Whatever they need, they need spiritual things. They can't do it, but you can. You can go to God in prayer and get that prayer answered, and they will bless God for that. We also talked about this two things, Deuteronomy 28, walking in those blessings and abiding in him and his words abiding in us and asking what we will, and it'll be done. Then we talked about another thing. We said we need to 
have the key to obedience. The key to obedience. We said the key to obedience was really having the Spirit of God give us spiritual wisdom and understanding. We have to have that. Spiritual wisdom and understanding. Without spiritual wisdom and understanding, we're really not going to be able to obey some of the things that God has told us to obey because we just can't. We can't do anything without him. And God wants us dependent upon him. Then we brought last week, we said, even though you're asking, it's not a casual asking. This is a tenacious going to God, and you're asking and keep asking, you're seeking and keep seeking, you're knocking and keep knocking. We are going to go at it shamelessly because he wants us to do, to do that. And he said it in his word. So we talked about those four things. Gaining that spiritual wisdom and understanding was the fourth thing. Today, we wanted to add to that. Today, we're going to talk about walking in love. Each message that I teach is geared to those possessions that God is calling us to possess in 2013. And it's going to take... Um, maybe five more messages, six more messages, something like that. But it takes maybe three, three months, maybe. So we're talking about January, February, March. But we have all the rest of the time, nine months, to walk it out. I guarantee you, guarantee you, that if you walk out these messages, you'll be a different person. It won't be anybody that God puts across your life that you won't be able to help and minister to. And you'll bring them closer to him, if not to him. I guarantee that. The title of my message is, What Does Walking in Love Really Mean? What Does Walking in Love Really Mean? I want you to open your Bibles to The kids are dismissed to kids church. <laughs> Thank you, Chad. Matthew 5 43. I'm reading out of the King James Version for this, for this particular four or five verses. You have heard that it has been said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies. It's an interesting thing because I try to expound a little bit and I won't unpack every verse that I have today, but I will do a survey of love. But we're talking about not the many different types of words that the Greek would have for love. We're not talking about all those types. We're talking about one. We're talking about the God kind of love. 
We're talking about the love that most people say love means to uh, uh, care unconditionally or love unconditionally. God's kind of love is unconditional love. Well, God be love we're talking about. Now, this means that we need to continue to love our enemies. It's not a one-time thing. It's a repeated thing. God wants us to continually love our enemies. That's what he wants. It's a different kind of love than the Jews knew. Different kind of love. It says, but I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you. Keep on blessing the saying, those who continually, repeatedly curse you. Continue to do good to them that continually hate you. Continue to pray for them that continually despise you and use you and continually persecute you. That is a different kind of love. I can see sometimes maybe one occasion, maybe being nice to somebody and say, well, I bless you, even though you're speaking uh, bad things about me. I can see maybe do it at one time, but someone who's continually doing it and you're continually blessing them anyway, that's a different kind of love. A different kind of love. But if we're going to possess our possession, that is a possession that we have been given that we're supposed to be walking in and actually that type of love is supposed to be living through us because the Holy Spirit is in us. It's not supposed to be something that we are trying to must up ourselves. It's foreign to us, but it is normal for God. Normal. Let's look at another uh, verse. Let's go to and stay in the epistle of John. Let's go there. First John. There are three epistles. We're going to the first one. First John. We're going to stay here the rest of the time. We're going to be in chapter 2. Let's start in verse 3. Very, very important. Very, very important. Love, really, when I was thinking about these things, praying about these things, I was saying, God, this is, this is it right here. If we, can, if, if we can just gain spiritual wisdom and understanding, we got it. This is, we, we, got, we, we have the key. That's it. That's it. And we can just fight for things, fight for things, and, and we can gain things, and we can walk in things that we've never walked in before. And as I was praying for the rest of the messages, the, the, the total series, the, the rest of it, the ending of it, the culmination of it, they said, well, that's good, but it's not all. If you don't put this upon this, this line upon that line, you still are not going to walk in the possessions that I have given you. You're not going to walk in. Because God's love 
is really the foundation to everything. Everything. Matter of fact, God's love is a cornerstone. Everything is measured by that. Matter of fact, God's love, every block, every piece of timber you use on a house, every uh, wire, every, every piece of material is going to be bathed in love, God's love, in building a spiritual house. If you, had to, if you had to do only one thing, only one thing, that's all you could do, just love. Just love. Like God loves. You would have it all. You would have it all. Let's go through it and let's see. By this, we know that we have come to know him. You remember we talked about having a spiritual wisdom and understanding for a particular reason? So that we may be able to walk worthy of the Lord. Colossians 3, 10. And also in that same verse it says, continually knowing him. Right? Progressively, continually knowing him. It says that by this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. That means that we can't even walk in <laughs> obedience and say we really know him if we're not keeping his commandments. The one who says, I have come to know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. So if we are keeping his commandments, we're going to walk in Deuteronomy 28. We're going to walk in that. We're going to walk in uh, John uh, chapter 13, verse 7. We're going to abide in him. His word is going to abide in us. We can ask what we will. It, it, the blessing is going to overtake us in Deuteronomy. We're going to have all that if we come to know him. But we can't come to know him if we don't keep his commandments. Then it says that in verse 5, but whoever keeps his word in him, the love of God has truly been perfected. Oh, it's come to completion. It's been fulfilled. In him, the love of God. Not our love of God, but God's love in us has come to fulfillment. If we keep his word. I said, wow. Love is even tied, it's tied to being obedient to the word. You mean to tell me that I really can't do John 15, 7, I can't? Abide in him, his words abide in me. If I don't have God's love fulfilled in me. Verse 6, the one who says he abides in him, this is John, remember? This is John. John, what, what chapter? 15, verse what? 7. We're supposed to abide in him. This is chapter 15. Ought himself to walk the same manner, in the same manner as he walked. Oh. Oh. That means that I'm supposed to be walking and living just like Jesus. That means that 
if I'm not mistaken, you are supposed to be walking and living just like Jesus. That's what it's telling me. Is that correct? We are supposed to be walking and living just like Jesus walked and lived. When we read the Gospels and we see how Jesus walked this earth, and we say, whoa, my goodness gracious, isn't it? Oh, wow, he did that? Well, we're supposed to be doing the same thing. The same thing. That's what it's saying. In verse 10, it says, the one who loves, and that's not just loving one time, that's, that's in, the, in the present tense, it's a continuous thing. He who continues to love his brother, oh, abides in the light. And there is no cause of stumbling in him. Which means walking in the light. We have plenty of illumination. We have lights in here. Our lecture bill is good, so we have lights in here. So we're walking in the light. Is that what it means? Well, if we look over in verse 1, of chapter 1, verse 5, we look there, and we say that this is a message we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light. I thought God was love. It says God is light. I thought God was good. It says God is light. <laughs> I thought God was omniscient, omnipotent. God's a lot of things, isn't he? God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. So if we're walking in God, we're actually walking in the light. Is that correct? If God is in us, and he is in us, every born-again believer, God is in them because the Holy Spirit is in them. The Holy Spirit is God. Then we are have, we have this light inside of us. Is that correct? We can't help but walk in light. If light is inside of us, then you, we are yielding to that light. Let's look over in chapter 2 again, verse 15. It says, do not love the world, not the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the, the world. Verse 17, the world is passing away, and also the lust but the one who does or continues to do the will of, the, of God lives forever. Continually doing the will of God. You remember, Jesus did that, didn't he? He always did that which was pleasing to the Father. He, he, he always obeyed the Father. And we know the will of the Father is in the Bible. Let's look in chapter 3. We are surveying here and see. What does walking in love look like? We've heard a lot of things so far. It's walking in light, isn't it? No darkness now. Not walking in darkness. Walking in the light. It's also abiding in the word. Word is also keeping his commandments. Walking in love. Now he said one thing that he's going to start repeating. He wants us to love our brothers and sisters. He wants us to love. If you had to do one thing, what would you want that to be? I say, for me, it's love. I wouldn't say obedience because at one time I thought it was obedience. If I could just obey everything. But you know you can't obey if you don't walk in love. You have to love to obey. 
You remember he says, if you love me, keep my commandments? You, you, can't, you can't keep them if you don't love them. You got to walk in love. Let's look at it in chapter 3, uh, verse, um, let's go to 10. By this, the children of God and the children of the devil, you mean we have children of, you mean we're either the children of God or the children of the devil? I want, how about myself? I am my own person. No, 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 no such thing. You're either the child of what? God or child of the devil. I didn't know that until I started reading about. I really didn't. Oh, I thought it was, it was a devil out there, but uh, I wasn't his, even though I wasn't God, I wasn't his either. No, I was deceived. Let's keep going. It's obvious. Anyone who does not continue to practice righteousness is not of God, nor, that sounds pretty good, I can, go, I can go with that. But it says, nor the one who does not love his brother. And does not love means, con- nor is the one who does not continue to love his brother. Repeatedly, continue to love his brother. We're going to keep hearing that because God is saying, you remember in one of the, um, one, of, one of the, the four gospels said that, um, and he was answering a question, What's the, what's the greatest commandment? He said, to love the Lord God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength. But then he says also, the second one is like that, to love your neighbor as yourself. Then in, in, in John, another place, maybe chapter 13, it says that, uh, new commandment I give you to love one another as I have loved you. Well, if it boils down to loving either God or loving your brother, which one are you going to choose? See, God will say, you can't love me, who you haven't seen, if you don't love your brother, who you do see. But he also say, <laughs> will say that, well, we know that if you don't have a love for God, how are you going to love God's children? If you don't love the parents, you probably won't love the children. Right? So it's one of those type of things that you say, oh, I really just love. Let me just love. Yeah. Let me just love. Let's keep going. Verse 11. This is a message which we have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. What is wrong with John in this love thing? You would think that he, he wouldn't know too much because he was the youngest one uh, of, the, of, the, of the 12. Why is he on this love thing? Why not obedience? Why not um, something? Submission to authority? Why not something else besides this love thing? John... It's like the apostle of love. He knew something. And God used John to teach us things that if we don't have it, we're not going to walk in our possessions that God has given us. No possible way that we can do it. None. If we don't love. Verse 12. Not as Cain, who was of the evil one and slew his brother, and for what reason did he slay him? Because his deeds were evil and his brothers were righteous. Oh, jealousy, huh? Do not be surprised, brethren, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed out of death into life. How do I know I have passed out of death into life? I thought if I say uh, that God, I accept you as my Lord and Savior, 
I renounce the devil and all his works. But I know I pass from life to death. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, faith without works is dead, right? What did he say here? He says that you have passed from life to death into life, from death into life, because we love the brethren. He's putting a high priority on us loving each other for some reason. For some reason. And it's one of the hardest things to do because the enemy knows that if I can keep them from loving each other, God could have made it easier for us to love each other. Couldn't he have made it easier? Because he could have made all of us just like. Right? All of us just like. And probably neither male nor female is just alike. Because some people don't like people because they are opposite sex. If you're young enough. Really. In elementary school, the girls don't like the boys. Boys don't like the girls. So we're going we're gonna to teach some dancing. Okay, grab her hand. No way. No way is he going to grab her hand. None. Zilch. I'm serious. Uh, when, I, when I was teaching elementary school, really, what, what they'll do sometimes, they'll do like this and give them this right here. Really. I'm serious. They, they'll do that. They say, I'm not touching them. Not touching. Not touching. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. Yeah, not going to do it. If he would have made us all the same, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be good? And we all had the same skin, the same body physique. We could all do the same thing. I mean, everybody was exactly the same. When you looked in the mirror, you looked just like the rest of the Everybody looked the same. Then we'll probably be okay. But so happened God made us all different. Every single one is different. Not identical twins, different, totally different. Right? Fingerprints are different, everything's different. Why did he make it so hard? And the devil plays on that too. He plays on that. And so God says that even though I made all this, only through me are you going to be able to love one another. That's the only way. Through me. You're going to have to live through me and me live through you. The only way you're going to do it. But love is a way we're going to determine whether you pass from death to life. And that means that I must love you, Richard. Really? I love you anyway. But I must love you. Really? Isn't that right? You must love me if you want to be told by God you have passed from death to life. You don't want to get there on that day and find out that you can't get in because you didn't love me. Right? And I sure don't want to not get in because I didn't love you. It would help, help, help a lot if, if you did everything I want you to do and I did everything you want me to do. That would help a lot, wouldn't it? But the only problem is that it never happens. Right? Even in a marriage, it never happens. And you love each other. It still doesn't happen. But he puts a high premium on, it, on that. Verse 15 says, everyone who hates his brother, and a hate means that you, you have ill will towards your brother. Uh, you, it's a persecuting spirit. It's not hate because you'll say, I don't hate anybody. I just don't like them. Well, <laughs> that's fine, except that uh, that's what he means. <laughs> that's what he means. Maybe you better start changing that. Yeah. 
I don't hate you, and I really like you. Yeah. It says that everyone who hates his brother or uh, has ill will towards his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Oh. Ooh. Now, we all have had ill will towards somebody, haven't we? Come on. We have. We don't want that now. We don't want that. Verse 16. We know love by this. Oh. This is interesting now. This is, we're, you ready for this? This is how you're going to know love. He laid down his life for us. That's how you know love. He laid his life down for us. How many people are going to lay their lives down for you when you are their enemy? Right? You might lay your life down for somebody who maybe, maybe, maybe loves you, but not someone who hates you, just like you, don't want to be around you, don't want anything to do with you, which if you're not born again, and we all were not born again at one point in time, we didn't want, to, we didn't want anything to do with God. And, but he died for us. That's how you tell love. Love doesn't have anything to do with you loving and say, well, hey, I loved you, and so therefore, now I know that you love me. See, he says that we ought to lay down our lives for our brethren. Now, that is not good. It's scripture now, but it's not good. Because God is telling us that we need to lay our life down because it just says that Jesus laid his life down. We know he died for us. We don't have to die, but we have to be willing to. Don't we? We have to be willing to. He says that we need to lay down our self-life, really, for each other. How about my desires? Because you're not fulfilling my desires, so therefore... We need to break up this thing, this relationship. God doesn't say that. Does he? No. He has a, a covenant, and he says that I'm going to love you regardless. I'm going to love you. I'm going to be faithful to you regardless because I am faithful. That's what he's saying. I'm going to love you anyway because I am love. That's what he's saying. I'm love. Wow. Do you know that we are supposed to be channels for God's love? How do we know love, really? Jesus laid down his life for us. We read in the book where, you know, Jesus did this, he did this, he did all these things for us. So we love him only because he first loved us. That's all. Do you know there are some people who not going to know and not going to love, not going to understand God's love until God can flow through you to love somebody that doesn't love you. Do you know that? If, if God can use you to flow through and show love to somebody, they know it won't be you. Because people don't do that. They'll know it has to be God. We're supposed to be channels that people can go through. Just like a, a garden hose. You hook it to the faucet 
and you cut the water on, and if you have the other end open, water come out. A challenge. That's what it's supposed to be. Not supposed to be all these little holes in the, in the, in the holes, like the cheap ones you buy. If you get crinkled up, a lot of times it'll split, and then all of a sudden water's shooting all over which way. And we don't, want, we don't want God's love to shoot every which way because we got these little holes. Well, I don't like them because of this. I don't like them because of this. Well, I, I, you know, they just, they, just, they just irritate me. We have all these little holes, and God's love can't go through. I tell you that if we could ever do that, if we could ever do that in this body, Let's say the body of Christ, period. <laughs> the body of Christ, period. It is nothing that God won't do for us. Guarantee. Guarantee. See? We do good to love everybody in our household. Is that correct? And that's, a, that's a, a challenge, right? That's a challenge. But God is telling us to take that outside of our household and love our neighbors. Love those around us. Those those people that, who, like I have a, a neighbor who, uh, he, he, he's not fixing his car for some reason. Uh, he has plenty of money. Uh, but you remember the last time it snowed, there was, it was I got about, got about two inches or whatever it is. Somebody ran into the back of his car, right on the side, and the bumpers hanging off, dent all up and everything, light out. And I'm trying to understand, why, don't, why doesn't he fix it? It's been about three weeks or so. Why doesn't he fix this thing? I guess he's waiting to see whether somebody's going to come by and, and, and they, they're going to um, be convicted and come and say, I did it, I'm sorry, I see your car, see you Nobody's going to get convicted. <laughs> they don't get convicted. People, people they hear it, they, they, you know, they, they're going to try to get their car fixed real quick. They're not going to do that. They're not going to do that. And I'm trying to think, why would somebody do that to somebody's car? Why would somebody hit somebody's car and not go tell them, I did it, I was wrong, I shouldn't have been drinking, or whatever situation, I slid on the snow, and boom, I hit your car, and I'll take care of it. I might lose my license, I might, uh, you know, my insurance might go up, but I care about you. I care about your, 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 your possessions. We need to love one another like that. We really do. We, if we could only do that as a body. I believe that the church, the church of the living God, the thing that God says we should do the most is the hardest thing for us to do. And we tend not to do it. I would venture to say that half the church universal don't walk in love like we should. And you know it's more than half, don't you? Because all it takes is somebody to get mad with somebody, and they are, they're gone. Right? Half the marriages in the United States are what? Yeah, divorce. Somebody got mad with somebody. Right? Half the marriages in the church are, right? Same statistic. Right? God says that that should not be. Why is it so? We are not walking in love. The foundation, I'm telling you. How are you going to possess your possessions? How am I going to possess some possessions if I don't practice that? We have to practice that in this body. 
practice love. I don't care come uh, flames or high water. We, <laughs> why are y'all laughing? I mean, there's no such thing as flames, you know, flames and high water. See? <laughs> y'all must, y'all must have been listening to some people that say other words besides flames, don't you? I know you do. Okay. Come flames or high water, nothing gonna tear us apart. That's what you're supposed to say. Because that's what the Bible says. I don't care whether it's death. I don't care whether it's life. I don't care whether it's, it's angels. I don't care whether I don't care what it is. Nothing gonna separate us from the love of God. That's what the word said. Well, nothing should separate us from the love of God. Nothing should, because God's love is in us, moving through us. Nothing shall separate us. Nothing. Nothing. Because God loves you so much, I don't care what happens to you. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what mistake you make. I don't care what somebody did to you. I don't care what circumstance you're in life. God loves you, and he's able to, to undo that, overdo that, underdo that. He's able to turn it around and causes it to work for good on your behalf. He's, he's able to do that. He's able. Because he loves you so much. So much. How much does he love you? What does the love walk really look like? What does it really look like? Read the uh, book of Hosea sometimes. That's how God loves look. Like to Israel, who was adulterous, to idols and everything, he says that, let me give you a living example of this thing. Prophet, come here. I want you to marry a prostitute. And the prophet had to do it. Okay. Now I want you to have children. I want to call this child this, call this child this, call this child that. Then what happened to the woman? She just kept up her adulterous ways, didn't he? Went on away. And what did Hosea God tell Hosea to do? Go get her. It's a, it's a living picture of how much God loved Israel. But it's also a picture of how much he loves you. Right? I don't care what you've done. I'm going to turn it around. Now, you say, well, Israel repented. Israel messed up so much so often that God just said, don't worry about it. I'm going to cause you to obey me. That's the only way Israel's going to do anything. That's the only, thing, only way we're going to do anything, isn't it? I'm going to cause you to love me. I'm going to put a new spirit in you. I'm going to get, didn't he say, I'm going to give you a new heart. I'm going to put the Holy Spirit in you. Now, you'll love me. Now, you'll love others. But the key is that you're going to have to yield to the Holy Spirit. If you don't yield to the Holy Spirit, he can't do it. Well, he could, but he won't. What does love, the, walk, the love walk, really look like? It is it's, it's awesome. We could talk about so many things here. But one of the key things, uh, I'll say verse 16, we have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. God is love. And the one who abides in love abides in God. So if we think we're going to ask what we will, and it will be done to us according to John 15, 7, we 
have to connect this verse with it, that the one who abides in love abides in God. So if you're going to abide in God, his words abide in you, we're going to have to love, aren't we? We're going to have to abide in love because God is love. Oh, my goodness. It is so awesome to me. And, and I know that I fall short, and I know that we all fall short sometimes. But God says, this is 2013. This is the challenge. This is what I'm calling you to. My spirit is going to help you do it, but I'm calling you to do that. None of us have any excuse for not doing anything that God has clearly said in his word to do because I've already given you the way to do it. Is that correct? How do you possess your possessions? You need wisdom and understanding. You need to gain that wisdom and understanding by asking God and not just a casual asking, but you need to be ready to labor day and night. God, I don't love like I should love. God, I just don't, this, this, this person right here that, that works with me, I just can't love them. They're always trying to do something to get me in trouble with the, uh, my, my, my supervisor. I just can't love them. I wish, matter of fact, they would drop dead. You probably never said anything like that. Yeah. We need to go to God and we say, God, help me to love them. Help me to love them. God, I can't love them. And if you do that day and night, you remember? Keep asking, keep seeking, keep... If you do that day and night, God will give you that love for that person. He said, no, he won't. No, he he can't give me love for him because I'll never love him. Come on. God, can God give us love for a person? Sure, God can give us love for that person. Well, are we going to start doing that? Now, maybe, maybe, maybe I shouldn't have been teaching this message... Maybe this message was for somebody, maybe in Europe somewhere. It probably wasn't for you. But I know I need it because I know I want to possess my possessions. I know I want to be able to ask something, and God's going to do it. Because I abide in him, and his words abide in me. But I've just learned today that I have to abide in love if I'm going to say I'm abiding in him. And I'm going to have to keep his commandments. Let's stand. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.